Welcome to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Today, I am delighted to introduce an incredible coach that I have been working with this year. Her name is Kirsten Roldan, and she is a powerhouse. She has gone from VA to OBM to agency owner to scaling her business to over a million dollars with a small email list small following, a lean team of contractors, and she does the majority of this by email marketing. And this is what she's been teaching me this year inside her signature program, Million Dollar Email, where she helps business owners create social media optional businesses. And that's what appealed to me so much is coming away from Instagram, using email first as my marketing. I I will talk about it so much in this episode because it is one of the best skills that I've learned. I was already doing email. So if you're on my email list, you already know I'm a damn good emailer. (laughs) And not only that, but my offers and my messaging have gotten so much better this year because of everything that I've learned inside of MDE. She's opening the doors again this month, the 29th of October for the last time. And I highly recommend that you join or at least just join the wait list and watch the email mastery that she has. Just play out, just be nosy. She will fully be like, join the list just to be nosy on how I write emails. Like I can write like 10 emails in an hour. It's just mind blowing how good this program is. But also today, I really want to talk about how as a VA or service provider or coach, you can book out your services using email as your marketing tool. So sit down, get a coffee, listen up, because this is an episode you are not going to want to miss. Oh, and PS, the audio isn't amazing all the way through. So please just bear with the episode. I promise it's worth listening. We're here today to talk about a little bit about your journey. Your journey is an incredibly interesting one. And where my audience, I think, is going to relate to this most is that you started as kind of, did you start as a VA or was it straight into OPM land? So like a little bit about how you started and kind of where you're at now. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I started as a social media VA, essentially. Like that's what, that's what I was called. Uh, and then I moved into OBM and I did that very quickly. I moved into OBM pretty quickly uh, because the social media life was not for me, which is so interesting now, like as we'll talk about, I'm all about being social media optional. I'm all about email. So mm. it was like definitely a foreshadowing of social media is not for me. Doing social media as a VA is hard. I, I don't hard. I think it's very difficult to do it for other people. And I admire people that do do it well for others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I honestly, at that time, I just didn't know. It was the first time I had dealt with uh, challenging clients. I had clients like, yeah. steal my content, block me out of everything, you know, all this stuff. And I, for some reason, had the, which I feel like your clients will appreciate this. I had the fantasy that this wouldn't happen if people took me more seriously if I were an OBM. And it's like, that's not true. Clients (laughs) are so crazy sometimes, (laughs) right? But I am grateful that that kind of pushed me into the OBM world because becoming an OBM absolutely changed my life. That's amazing. And 
talk to me a little bit about that sort of journey. What did you walk into? What did you bring from your background into the online space, into this OPM work? And what did you start to do in the beginning? Because you have had this specializing journey, which I think is so interesting because I talk a lot about specializing in my work with my clients. And I love to give them a picture of what is actually possible because I think it's always a blending of where you've been before because we don't just walk into this space and need to develop an entirely new skill set. We bring forward what we have and then we just continue to grow. And as we specialize, we get deeper skills, better learning. We kind of refine. It's never over. So it's a progression, not a pivot. So where did you start with your IBM or the skills that you brought forward? Yes. So great question. I was in healthcare and at the time, you know, I was doing like the, whatever my existing job was, but what was added onto it was documentation, essentially SOPs, right? Documentation, uh-huh. uh, or for specifically with the goal of accreditation. So in my field, I was in diagnostic cardiology. In my field, I was, uh, you know, in imaging and basically every doctor wants to be accredited by a certain board in order to, you know, just like for their own authority building, trust building in the community and things like that. And so because we were working on maintaining accreditation, they had to like, do all this documentation, do a lot of specifically documentation around uh, doctor performance and things like that. So I was doing my existing job, but I also really loved that I started doing documentation and like doctor performance reviews and things like that. And it was my first taste, uh, not my first taste because I've been a manager before, but like before I was in healthcare, before I had my degree, I was in breast shots and things like that. But it it was like a really exciting thing for me to feel like I was leading a, a team, right, in the department to make sure they were on the path to accreditation and also like giving performance reviews and things like that. That was just all like really exciting for me in a different and new way than I had done before. And so that's what I really brought into being an OPM. I had realized like, oh, I've been doing SOPs this whole time. I've been doing performance <laughs> reviews this whole time. I've been, you know, or reorganizing a department to be how do you say like attractive to accreditation boards and things like that, like uh, worked on systematizing things more so that, you know, uh, we can build trust with our, you know, as a clinic and the community and things like that. And so that was like, I love that. Even now, I'm like, oh, I love that. I, I can it. see you nerding out. I love it because it's it's standardization, isn't it? It's standardization. I just like essentially making a scalable clinic. Like if we're talking online coaching industry yep. language, mm-hmm. like how can we make a scalable clinic that can get accredited and year after year after year uh, and get more clients? That's really what we were doing. Yeah. And so I brought all that into my OBM work and I used it in my marketing too. I was like, I've been doing this for years and it. It was so, so helpful for me to have. Of course, I had to learn the online business language, but I was learning that through running my own business. And Mm -hmm. that was really, really helpful. That's a lot of what I brought in from my my previous days in healthcare. I love that so much because we uh, we do often feel like we walk through like I don't know like a sheet of magic gloves where we forget who we were before and we suddenly feel like baby newbies and we're not. We have all these skills and they are so transferable. There's the thing that you kind of said there, which well, the whole thing that you said was you basically found what you nerded out on and then you made a business out of it. 
And that's so beautiful. And that's where I think a lot of uh, folks get lost is they feel like when I figure out what that elusive thing, that magic thing is for me, then my business will work. And it's a little bit less straightforward than that because you do have to try different things, don't you? So what was your path from being an OBM? Because you scaled to over a million dollars of revenue between two signature programs, which is incredible. And, you know, props to you and complete powerhouse. How has that journey been and how did you get there? Yeah. So I became an OBM. I had an incredible coach that wasn't an OBM either. They, they were, they started as a BA, became a coach, hadn't technically been an OBM, but they told me, uh, you know, I was complaining to them about how like none of them know how to, none of my clients know how to run their business. And that's why they need me to run their social media because they don't have any time. They don't have any capacity. Like my coach was like, you know, you can kill it in this industry as an online business manager. And so that's like what I said, tell me everything. So that's what got me in the door. And I just was going to do general online business manager work. And the only thing that I like was quote specializing in at that time was the person. Like I was only going to work with coaches and mm-hmm. I'm really glad I did that. And, you know, starting there with specializing on coaching businesses did yeah. so much for me, uh, because I got a, I got really, really good at like running a coaching business, but also mm-hmm. referrals right? Referrals. Yes. And, and being known as the coach's OBM was really, really important for me. Mm-hmm. And so I got booked out very quickly. <laughs> because <laughs> Amazing. I got booked out very, very quickly <laughs> because I was helping them, you know, run their programs, helping them uh, streamline their business, run their operations, all the things and I got booked out. And then my clients were just like really gracious to give me a lot of free reign where Mm. they were like, Hey, whatever you want to do, try it out. You want to put me on a new software, do it. You want to do X, Y, Z. So good. And so it was really, really nice because I was able to like literally like get paid to play a little bit, like where it was just (laughs) like, I'm going to, okay, we're going to try Dipsado and we're going to try click up and we're going to try all these different software. So I ended up getting really good at systems as well in that process. And then, you know, and then from there, I think like every, almost every OBM has their systems build era, right? So true. We go through our systems build era and I think it's, it's great. Right. And so I did that, but then I got so booked out that I started to become an agency. And because I was an agency and I had people I was able to spend time at that point doing like the things I wanted to do for my clients. Not, you know, I didn't want to like run the inbox. I didn't want to do, you know, certain things. Right. (laughs) And so having my team do that was really great. And then my clients were like, Hey, they, I, I forgot to mention this on my own social media. I was really promoting email marketing at that time. Oh, okay. For my own business, that's how I was getting clients, right? And so uh-huh. my clients saw my content, my email marketing results, and they were like, I want email marketing. Can you do that in my business? And so then I was able to work on other people's email marketing. That's when it started to get real specialized because I ended up realizing this my skill set. This is what I would. I am so good at this is I have a lot of philosophies on this unique takes on it. And through that, I ended up specializing even further and going into uh, becoming a funnels agency, becoming a sales funnels agency. 
So I went from OBM agency to funnels agency. Yeah. That eventually led me to where I am today, where now I have an email marketing program, million dollar email. And then I have, it's, it's so incredible. I have million dollar CEO, which is a team systems and mindset program, all from my OBM work. Like everything I have today is because I was an online business manager. And so every time I think about that, I'm just like, it makes me like choke up because I'm just like, (laughs) being an OBM was the best thing I ever did because it really built the business that I have today. And I always say like, I'm still an OBM in my, you know, in my brain, like the way I think and also in my heart, because everything I do was built out of that OBM. That's beautiful. And there's something that you said I want to call back to because a lot of the folks I know struggle with marketing and messaging. What do I put out there? And they kind of sit there and they freeze and they don't put anything out into the world at all, whether it's emails or socials. And one of the things that you said, I think, really speaks to actually talking about your process, talking about your results, talking about how you get clients from A to B, and even how you get yourself from A to B. So you were talking about what you were simply doing in your email marketing and that attracted people when we bring people inside what we're doing we're giving them a picture of what it looks like to work with us and what it looks like to also get those results and i think that's something that's just if anyone can take that away and think about how you can talk about your own process as you go through your day-to-day because we sort of feel like we have this need for perfection or i should be putting this out i should be putting that out it's just bring yourself in your day-to-day and the process that you already work through to your audience so they can see themselves in it while you're in it yourself, right? Yeah. This is spicy. A really spicy opinion I have that I want to give service (laughs) providers is one of the biggest pet peeves I have. And I understand it. I want to be clear. I understand it. But one of the biggest pet peeves I have is when service providers say, you know, my business is a hot mess, but my clients' businesses are... Because I'm focusing on my clients' businesses and I'm making sure they're all good. Or like my you know, my marketing isn't that good because I'm busy making sure my clients are good. And I just want to say like, you're your number one client. And for me, I was my first client. I was my number one client. And I attracted people to me, especially my VAOBM services, because I had it together because I had my own business running the way I would run other people's businesses. And I would show people that and I think I know that that was a huge selling point for my ideal client before mm-hmm. I even had clients. And so I think it's so important. And I even say this in, in Million Dollar CEO for the service providers that I coach there, like you have to work on your business first in order to, especially if you're working on others. Oh, yeah. Because that's going to get that's going to get you more clients than anything. It's so neglected so often, isn't it? That's that's one of the biggest things. I did um, a Q4 I, planning session, a free, just hosted a free session yesterday and had a beautiful amount of service providers and coaches show up. And the number one question that I seem to be asking all the clients in this season, especially when coming out of maybe a slow summer and weird September, what amount of time are you all spending on your business? And they just stare awkwardly with a little grimace back at me. And they're like, um, well, I'm too busy. I'm just delivering on clients. Like you cannot ex- look at the results that they all get their clients in a month. What if they turn half of that energy on their own business and make it the first thing that they do every day? Right. Because as you say, you, you can't build, you know, you can't build a future in a business on sand as foundations. You have to get your house in order first in order for that to then grow. And it's yeah. such a good point. So service providers, there's no excuse. As you- <laughs> Yes. 
None whatsoever. And I want to talk about, I want to come back to talking about email for service providers because it is kind of the most effective tool, but the most underutilized tool. We all tend to go towards social media first. I'm going to come back to that. But I also want to talk about how you use email because you've been so honest about the fact that you suffer from depression mm-hmm. and yeah, the scale and size of your business is incredible. Yeah. And you're doing all of that because of email. Yes. So talk to me about that because, you know, whether it's somebody with depression, whether it's somebody with kids or a limited amount of time, or they just don't have the bandwidth to be doing full-time business, but they want to make the same amount of money. How has email changed that for you? And how do you run your business around that depression? Yeah. Oh, such a good question. Yeah. I started email marketing because I was busy. Like it started there. I was a busy, I was a busy service provider, uh, and wife and, you know, person that, you know, has family and different responsibilities, friends. And I was depressed. And what I realized was that I, you know, learned all the strategies to get clients on social media. And a lot of them were related to doing video, especially Especially in my era, 2019, when I started, 2019 was like all about the the video mini trainings. It was all about the, it was all about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm not against them. I'm not, I'm not against them, but it's all I did. And, And what I realized was that visibility was really activating for me. And it would actually, uh, oftentimes if I were really visible for a few days, like, you know, doing videos every single day and really showing up, I would just pick myself apart uh, and and just end up pretty much catapulting myself into a depressive episode. And then I would be down and then I'd have to get back and then I have to like get back up. And I just didn't like the swing of that. And I just decided like, what if I worked with my brain and like with my depression and my depression? So I I should say too, another thing. So there was a lot of like, I was in the mini training era, the video mini training era. But also (laughs) I just never ever wanted there to be a reason why I couldn't market and sell in my business. And when I would be on a real low, low, all I knew was how at that time was how to sell on social media. And it took so much work. Like I would have to like do the graphic, do the caption, make it a carousel or a reel (laughs) or a video, like all these things. And so between all of that, I just was like, if I'm low and I can't do social media, I need to make money. And also I need to be able to make money in a way that feels peaceful and doesn't like spring me into a depressive episode again. Mm. Because I already deal with it enough, like just naturally. So I don't need to, I don't yeah. need to accelerate it. Right. <laughs> and uh-huh. so yeah. that's really what it was. And I loved that I could just literally just write words. Like I still write words. I didn't have to do <laughs> graphics. I didn't have to do anything. I could just write words. And then I love that I could do it without getting dressed, being in my bed, rule on my face from a depression nap. Like, I love that I could just roll over and write an email and make money. That blew my mind that I could do that. And so to this day, and I've tried it all even since then, because I'm really big on social media optional, meaning if you want to use it, you totally can. And if you don't want to use it, you don't have to. And I've leaned on uh, on the side of the spectrum where like, 
I've done both. Sure. And every time, I'm just like, email always, if email is always just it, it always does better. It performs better. It's, it's just my, it's just my strength. And so to this day, I always go email first. Like I don't do anything else until my emails are done. And because of that, everything becomes a happy bonus. And, yes. and even if I'm like in a super depressive, you know, phase, an episode, even if I'm super depressed and I have a launch coming up and I need to write emails, I don't have to worry. I can take as long as I need to just, you know, slowly write them. And then from there, you know, I don't have to like worry about, oh, I got to make sure that I'm on social media so that I'm driving people to my way. No, I don't have to worry about that. As long as I get an email out this week, that's enough. And that is just to this day, my tried and true million dollar, million dollar year later, like tried and true. It just, I always go back to the, to that, to that basic truth that I can just write an email and make money. And that's all I need to do. And I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's amazing because I'm I'm obviously now the same having been in Million Dollar Email since May. I'm emails first all the way. And it's also, <laughs> listen to your podcast, I've also improved my team systems and mindset, even yeah. though I'm not in that program. <laughs> because I'm now utilizing my content repurposing, my marketing wow. assistant, my yeah. VA. So I'm completely removed from the uploading, scheduling, all of that. I simply write an email. I pop it in Notion. She repurposes it into the caption and the carousel or the reel. It's done. It's done for me. So it's always emails first. And it's been so freeing. I'm about to have a laptop free five day break in Spain. And I don't have to worry because it's all queued up. And what isn't queued up will be made while I'm away because the emails are written. All she needs to do is do her bit. And it's brilliant. So it's allowed me to just not worry about that. And the other thing I think that is worth mentioning is as an introvert, I really relate to how tiring it is to show up on video Mm -hmm. and that effort. And I was thinking about this. I did a big old sort of review of the last few months of the year. And I looked at kind of the the marketing effort that I've had to put into Instagram and socials versus emails and the return on them. (laughs) Let me tell you folks, I know we all have a dodgy relationship with Instagram at this point because it's changed so many times. But the effort I'm putting into that for the return... It's just not as good as email. <laughs> I always, I always, it's funny because something that, uh, you know, again, social media optional. So mm-hmm. even when I, you know, post on Instagram, it's always so funny because people will ask me like, well, you still use a little bit of both. Like, are you getting anything from Instagram or from whatever social media platform you're on? And I'm always like the post that got three likes. <laughs> you think that's making me it's not i promise you it's not so okay this is the question for you then because i know the answer but tell me how you use social media yes i personally use social media to grow my email list uh that's how i've decided to to use it i that's how i decided to use the optional part of social media but it's actually not my highest driver for growing my email list so like my highest driver is actually referrals. Uh, mm. I people that refer people to my email list Amazing. all the time. Uh, and, and usually podcast interviews like this, as well as collaborations, collaborations, you know, with other people and things like that, whether I'm doing a expert presentation or whatever it is. And so, but I still use it because I'm like, it's there. Who cares? My team does it. <laughs> Might as well. Low, low lift. I'm very, it's very low lift. And I love having that energy. 
Uh, but I will say before I had a team and all of that, I didn't use it. Like I was not really using it unless I remembered. Unless I remember, <laughs> I, I have a whole podcast called the, the Social Media Optional Spectrum, a whole episode on that, on how sometimes, you know, there's the hiatus hopper, the one that goes on and off, and then there's that with me, and then there's the person that uses that as a happy bonus, and then there's the person that uses it when they remember to use it, right? So that was very much me on that side of the spectrum before I had a team. Now that I have a team, I'm like, whatever, just post on it. It's fine. But so that's how I use it now. But whenever mm. people are... Nobody ever mentions social media being what sell them. Unless maybe I do a live video and they were like, oh, like I was reading your emails and then that converted me or whatever it was. Maybe. But what I found is that email increases social media conversions, not the other way around. Like video doesn't increase email conversions, right? Yeah. So usually if I convert on social media, it's because someone's been reading my emails religiously. And yeah. then, and then, you know, whatever something was said that it was like the final go for them, but it's never the other way around. It's never, I saw your video and I was just obsessed with you and no, never the other way around. <laughs> no, it's so funny, isn't it? Like, I, I think I've binged a hell of a lot of your podcast episodes over the last before yeah. May, about the year before. And I was like, I'm going to work with this woman. I'm going to work with this woman. <laughs> and as you say, the emails then took me across the line. And the right. social media was like the little nudge just yeah. when I might have been thinking about it. Your stories would pop up or something else. And I'd be like, oh, right. I've got to make a decision. Yeah, keeps you top of mind. Like, it's like a little nudge. That's right. it, you know? Okay. Let's talk about how VA service providers and coaches can actually sell out their services with emails. Because what yeah. I'm already hearing people go is, oh, I'm not very good at writing. Yeah. So do you have to be good at writing to write emails? Wow. Oh, I have so much to say. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be good at writing to, to write emails. I actually, I say this and people don't believe me and it's okay, but I'm not a professional copywriter and I'm actually not very good at writing. I actually, am, I'm frequently reminded I have not good grammar. Like I do not have very good grammar. I, my punctuation is all off all the time. I capitalize when I'm not supposed to. Same. I, I just don't have good grammar. Like I just don't. And it's so funny because people say all the time, like your emails, they're genius. They're brilliant. And I'm just like, that's just because my emails are relevant to you and I'm solving a problem, not because I'm a good writer. Right. So I think that's the key is you don't have to be a good writer. If you can um, acknowledge that your client has a problem that's pressing for them and show them you have a solution. So whenever mm. people, and I teach this in million dollar email too, I'm like, no, 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 you're not a good writer. You're a good problem solver. That's yeah. the difference. Oh, right. Yes. And so, so if you were to like, you know, read my writing, if, if someone were to read my writing that didn't, uh, actually I'll go two ways. If, a professional copywriter, first of all, they get on me all the time. They're the ones that are like, you're not going to writing, right? They're the ones because I'm not, I'm not very good at copywriting. But then also, uh, if you were to read my email and you were not, you know, you were not my ideal client, you'd probably be like, this is a basic email. <laughs> like, this, is this is true, right? What is it you always say? It only takes one person to gobble up your emails. That's it. What? You know, at least one. Along with a lot of my service providers and VAs, we don't need hundreds of clients. We're only looking to bring on one or two at any given time. So right. it only has to land with one or two people. 
for it to be good. And I want to name too, because I think a common fear for service providers, VAs, OBMs is they want to, it's two things. Do my, does my ideal client actually have time to read my emails? Do they actually sign up for email lists? Do they join? But then also, well, I want to look professional to them. Like I want to make sure they see me as professional because what I've heard a lot is like, you know, clients are looking at how, how I write because that's how I'm going to respond to their clients in the inbox and things like that. And I just want to say, I signed VA and OBM clients with my terrible grammar and with my (laughs) all over the place, you know, writing because I solved their problem. And so I think that's really important to name. And then also Mm -hmm. something I always say for your ideal client, again, I booked out my business with email, all Um, OBM clients, right? And what I'll say to that is, your clients, you think they don't have time to read emails. They're not scrolling your Instagram. They're not doing yep. that at yep. all. So mm-hmm. all, and, I, and I'll tell you too, like all my multiple six and seven figure colleagues, all of us are, ta- all of us are talking about the emails we get. Did you see that? Yes. email? did you see this? Did you see that? We're not talking about an OBM that we're looking for in their social media posts. No, we're talking about, oh my goodness their email was so good or, oh, they just did this or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Myself, I have an entire folder in my inbox for specifically, it's called course emails, but it's for any email list that I'm subscribed to. Right. I'm looking at that inbox every day. Like I'm looking yeah. for emails, right? And so uh, I just think it's so important for people to know that too, that A, you yeah. can write bad and you can still look professional and get hired by clients, but also your client's your clients do read them and they do look for them. And there are not enough service providers emailing. And that's a good thing for you. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yes. You'll be the only one in the inbox. <laughs> You'll be top of mind. Yeah. And I think VAs trip themselves up with the whole, when they're writing or thinking about writing an email, and also caveat folks, writing emails gets easier. It's like yes. anything that you flex, it's a yes. muscle. It just gets easier and it yes. will become second nature, but you have to start and you have to try and you have to want to mold that muscle. But VAs do get caught up on selling the, not necessarily, they kind of sell the parts of their offer, right? Without selling the transformation and storytelling about, you know, the solution that you provide. And we, I always say, one of my prompts for my clients is think about, and I said this on like a Friday, I say, think about something that's happened in your life or your business this week. What is a story that you can tell for your client that relates back to your business and how it helps them? That's always such a good starting point for content because you're taking something and actually it's happened. So you're naturally going to write a story and you're sitting there in your head going, I'm not a storyteller. I'm like, but you have stories. They are things that happen to you that you can relate back to your business. And that's the relevancy that your clients need to hear because it's about your business and it's about what it's going to do for them. So where would you, where would you say a VA or service provider can begin in terms of, okay, sounds great. I need to dust off my MailChimp or ConvertKit and get back on it. How do I get clients onto my email list? Good question. So getting clients onto your email list, it starts with wherever you're currently marketing, driving them to your email list. So we have what's called a weekly series list growth strategy. And it's no freebie because what I will say is your clients don't want another freebie. They don't want to sign up for a webinar. They don't want PDFs. They don't want any of that, right? They, you want to attract clients onto your email list that want to hear from you every single week, right? And they want to be sold to. And so 
what I teach my clients, and I have an entire podcast episode that dives deeper onto this on, on my podcast, Million Dollar Peace Podcast. But like to start, it's really just setting up an opt-in and telling people, sign up for me for my email list. I'm going to be sending weekly emails on XYZ, right? Mm-hmm. And what I would say to get you started is really creating email content and content that drives people to your email list on what I call the common denominator. So you, I used to teach this all the time and it's, it's called the, the, I think I called it the, the common denominator method or something like that. But basically all you do is you look at three of your ideal clients, either in your current business that are your actual clients, or if you have none, you look at who you want to work with, right? Three people that you want to work with and you observe them and you look at what are they all doing right now? Or what are they all potentially doing right now? So what I used to do, I had no clients was I would look at my dream clients and I would say, Oh, they're all launching right now. How would I, as an OBM help them launch easier? How would I help them launch more, uh, you know, peacefully? How would I give them capacity to launch whatever? What would I do operationally to help them? And I would create content on that. And Love that's that. how I got clients, right? And so that's what you're going to do in your email list. You're going to be really focusing on what specifically are they doing and how can I help them right. as a VA, right? As a service provider, how can I help them? And that's what you're going to be sending to them. And that's what's going to get you clients. That's so genius because it's simple and it makes sense. And it's not heavy lifting to do straight away either. I was in... um one of my, I call my work wife is, you know, all in friends. Um, uh, she did a squad to action, which is kind of a, a big camp for content on Monday. And one of her prompts was what in this season, because obviously we're like October now, what in this season, the year of your client's businesses, are they thinking about trying to do, feeling, struggling with so much content that you can so write much. about yeah. right there and then relate it back to obviously the relevancy of your offer that solves the problems for them. So, I mean, that's, I feel like I've just given it, we've just given everybody like 20 prompts to create emails and content with, and please get writing, please get writing and tell us and tag us when you do. Yes. Yes. I love this so much. Okay. I have one last question for you. What do you think the most sustainably successful business owners have in common? What are the qualities, the values, the things that they do that other people don't do? Because you worked with, you have some incredible five, six, seven figure people around you. So what are those qualities and what is that that they all have in common? (laughs) It's true. I work with the best of the best. That's such a good question. I could, I could honestly name a laundry list initially and genuinely. And I've always said this. They're all writing emails. So like, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm going to add more. Don't worry. But like, <laughs> they really are all writing emails. And when you think about sustainability, I have an entire, uh, I have an entire training on that, like five reasons why millionaires write emails. It's on my website. And it's mm-hmm. because like there's five very unique reasons why they do it. And it's all for sustainability, right? One yeah. of them being because I don't have to show up on. Uh, I don't have to show up to make money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is a huge thing. All the millionaires, they're writing emails. Right. And so that's key. And they're, and they're, and they've been focusing on it since before they were at six figures. Right. They knew that this one I need to focus on and get this skill 
locked in so that I can not always need to show up to make money. So I think there's that. I think also this is the most relevant for service providers. They always, 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 always market their offers. Like (laughs) you, when I have a, I have so much to say and like, I love it. I can go on a rant on this. I cannot tell you, like marketing your offers and selling your offers, that is literally the lifeblood of your business. If you're not doing that, something, you have to change that. Like you have to. And even in my team systems and mindset program, I'll have people all the time. I, I, It's so funny. And now my clients know, they're like, I'm not going to say it. I'm like, you better not say it. They'll always say, well, Kirsten, I'm working on my systems right now. I'm working on my client. I'm working on client results. I'm really focusing on my systems and my client results. Because they know that, of course, we talk about that. We value that, all the things. And I'm like, okay, and sell too. And sell too. Because you're not going to have any systems to work on if you don't have clients. You're not going to have... You know, people, you're not going to have uh, clients to get results for if you don't have clients. And I think like the most, the business owners that have the most sustainable and consistently growing business build marketing into their operations. That is an ongoing required thing to do. Never put, it's fascinating because it's always put on the back burner. And I know why it's because we're the ones that have to do it. Right. And when we're doing everything else, it's hard. So we hire the the marketing people and we do all this, but but no, we need to be able um, to market and sell in our business. And if yeah. you can't and you have an issue that you need to solve in your business, whether it's in your operations, whether yeah. it's in your um, you know, uh team, whether it's in your mindset, whatever it is, that is key. And and I've worked with people from the six figure level all the way to the multi-million dollar level. And Every single time, the first thing they say is everything we do is so that I can market my business and market the offers that I have. Yes. We can enroll clients. Everything we do is to enroll more clients. And so honestly, I think that's what it is. And so I say that to say, just to tie it all up, I say that to say email is the easiest way to do that. It's the easiest way to consistently market, even when things are hard, even when life is busy. Even when the clients, it's Black Friday and you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're doing all the launches and you're getting everybody ready. Like even when you're serving your clients, email is the easiest way. I used to write four emails one Sunday a week and I always got my marketing out. Even when you're side hustling, email is the number one way to consistently market your business, even when things are hard or busy. And so. I could keep going, but I'm going to stop myself. I there. just love it. No, I love it because when you like, when you break it down and you think about it, right, you'll probably, the folks probably listen to this thinking, well, shit, I've been called out because all I would need to do is write four emails and I have a month's worth of content right. or do eight, do four in one go, come back to it another day. Yes. And then you, you've got content through December. Yes. And if you write more, then you can just send more out. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And if you've got time, you can repurpose it. <laughs> yeah. Like it gets to be easier. And I really appreciate this as someone who has two businesses, who's got VA agency and coaching. They're like two children, yeah. you know, they ebb and flow and one needs my yeah. attention and the other one's like kicking off and it's great. Right. 
I have to have a method for me that makes sense and is in alignment with my energy. I'm also an introvert, believe it or not. So I need to just, I don't want to be on lots of calls. I don't want to be on lots of videos. Quick and easy for me is great. If I can continue to market my business at a really low lift level whilst balancing team, agency, coaching, then sign me up. And it's been such a game changer for me to also have the skills honed by you inside a million dollar email. The clarity I have on my messaging, on my clients, on my offers. It makes marketing easy. So I personally will always rave about the program because I can't speak highly of it enough. So this will be out on the 19th of October. So that means it's to be 10 days until the doors open again for Million Dollar Emails, right? Yes. So you guys, I will leave everything in the show notes. Please check it out. Um, and I'll leave my link there because I'm a happy affiliate. And as I said, yes. I'll shout about this program till the cows come home. It's changed my relationship with email. It's changed my relationship with messaging. It's allowed me to market my business continuously through all the seasons, highs and lows. And it has been one of the best investments. And you're just a little genius, honestly. Thank you, Thank you. so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words. Yeah. It's million dollar emails, my baby. It really is. It really is. Because like I said, it's, it's one of those things that whenever people ask me, like, how did you, you know, get to a million dollar business peacefully? And how did you like do it with depression and all those things? I just always am like email team systems and mindset. Like those are the skills, but it really does start fundamentally with email because email is going to be what keeps you consistently marketing. And that's another thing I say is honestly, I'm still here. And that's so simple. That's so simple. But Mm -hmm. when I started in 2019, there are so many people that I started with that are no longer in the industry and that are Uh no longer or that stopped marketing or that got inconsistent with their marketing. Honestly, I think a lot of my successes, I've just continued to market my, my business and and it's because of the email. So. Yeah, no feast or famine cycles. Not when yes. you can do emails. That's that's what it'll help with. I think that the biggest takeaway is there is no feast and famine cycles because how many times do we speak to clients and right. they're like, I've got really busy with clients. So I'm not marketing my business. And that inconsistency often leads to just a feeling of, you know, terror if a client should leave because you don't have a pipeline because you haven't been marketing your business. Yeah. So the easy thing is start with emails today, folks. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having this conversation. And it's been wonderful to chat to you. And I will leave all the links in the show notes for everybody so they can find out all about you and go and sign up for Million Dollar Email. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful you hit play. And if you liked what you heard, please leave a review, especially on Apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you love this and think someone else would too, then don't be shy. Share it with them. Let's inspire even more women. And every year I will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship. And the time is now. So if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me, head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply. Good luck.